If this is your first time, uh, really glad that you're here. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here at, at this church. And we've been going through this series, we started last week, on what it means to be a, a member of a church. We're calling this series Members of God's Family. And what we said last week is that, you know, in this, especially in the West, I think it's especially obvious in the West, we have this mindset about our faith that my, you know, my faith, my Christianity is just between me and God. And it is between me and God. It's personal, but it's not just between me and God. Because the Bible tells us when you put your faith in Jesus and you're born again and you're saved by his grace, you not only come into a new relationship with God as your father, we also come into a new relationship with each other as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And the reason that we talk about membership is because we have that not only that new relationship with God, but also this new relationship with each other. Now, a couple of questions um, after, after last week, and we shared our membership covenant with you, and we kind of started to build out what it looks like to be a, a, a church here and what it looks like to be a church member. A couple of questions we got, they're really good questions. Uh, one question is, why are we talking about this? Why, why do we need to talk about this? It, after all, you know, some of these things that, that we're saying, some of the things that you might read on the membership covenant, you might read those things and think, well, I'm already doing these things. That's, that's, I'm not an official member, but I'm already, that's already the way I see this church. I'm already living this way. And the simple answer for this is really just, it's not that there's anything new that's changing. We're not changing anything about our mission. We're not changing anything about our theology. The reason that we're talking about this is we're trying to be clear. Because in uh, Philippians 1.27, which Matt's going to preach on in a couple weeks, it says that we as the body of Christ, we're supposed to be of one heart and of one mind. That we're supposed to be of the same mind that we're supposed to be on the same page about what it is that we're doing and how we're doing it so we can be unified. And before we can have unity, we have to have clarity. And so what this sermon series is and what this whole process is, is an attempt to have greater clarity about what it looks like to be a faithful church and also what it looks like to be a faithful member of, of that church. And maybe you hear some of these things and you're like, I mean, I'm not a member, but I'm doing that already. Well, well great. Nothing changes. Now, the only thing that's different now is that we have some common language that we can use to build even more unity and to call other people into living this way as a member of this church too. Another question we got, which is a really good question, is, you know, reading the, um, the membership covenant, which I, which I read to you last week, uh, some of you noticed, like, well, what about responsibilities that the elders have? You know, it talks about submitting to the elders, but do the elders have any responsibilities? And, I mean, yes, absolutely. And one thing about the way we wrote the membership covenant and the way we think about our church, too, is that, you know, sometimes it's easy to think about a church, and some church covenants will, will use this type of language, where it's like, these are the commitments that the church makes to you, and these are the commitments that you need to make to the church. And that's not necessarily bad, but we don't really like that language quite as much because that kind of makes it sound like this church is, belongs to the elders and you guys just come to it. Right, this is our church and as the church, we're going to do this for you and you need to do this for us. And, and that's not the way we think about it because this church does not belong to the staff, doesn't belong to the pastors, doesn't belong to the elders. This church belongs to Jesus and, and, and nobody else. And you don't just come to this church, if you're a part of this church, you don't come to this church, you are this church, right? And elders, before we're anything else, are church members. 
And so every single responsibility that a church member has, an elder also has. And elders have additional responsibilities too, which we'll talk about some more in the next couple of weeks. But the foundation for being an elder, the first kind of litmus test for whether somebody will be qualified to be an elder is, are they a faithful church member? Okay. Uh, finally, a really good question that we heard, um, which kind of leads us into what we're talking about today. What if I can't do this? What if, you know, the member's covenant talks about walking in holiness, it talks about spiritual disciplines, it talks about loving each other, it talks about, um, it, it talks about regularly and faithfully worshiping together. What if I can't do that? It's so important to realize the responsibilities that we have to each other, and we do have responsibilities to each other. This is... Hello? This is not how... Somebody's about to cut my mic. He's like, don't let him say that. (laughs) We haven't rehearsed that. No. This isn't how you become a member of the body of Christ. It's not do these things and then you can be part of the body of Christ. It's because you are a member of the body of Christ. This is how we serve each other. And in the member's covenant, there's two words that are very critical. One is we will endeavor to do these things, which is because we all know none of us is perfect and we're all going to fall short in every single way on pretty much a daily basis. But this is what God has, has called us to strive for. This is what he's called us to shoot for individually and as a church. And the second word that's really key to, to, to make sure that you see on, on the membership covenant is by the power of the Holy Spirit. That, you know, I, I love that song that Scott and the band and all of us were singing a second ago, even when we don't see it, you're working. You never stop working. And we might look at some of these things and think, I could never do that. I could never be consistently reading my Bible. I could never have freedom from this one particular sin. But God is working, and he's going to work in you as you submit yourself to him as a part of this church to do things in your life that you would never have imagined possible. Okay? So I hope that that clarifies some of those questions. If you have more questions, let's, let's keep them coming. We're a family, so we, we discuss things. We're after the service. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'll be right here. You can talk to me. You can talk to Pastor Matt. You can talk to Pastor David. Talk to one of our elders. Let's, uh, let's continue this conversation to get more and more clarity and more and more unity around what this looks like. Sound good? Okay, well, um, we're looking at this passage in 1 Corinthians 12. If you haven't turned there yet, I invite you to go ahead and, and open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, last week we talked about a, an, a metaphor that the Bible uses for what it means to belong to a church. We said being a church member is not like being a member of a club. It's not like being a member of a country club or a member of a cult where you can't ever question the dear leader or something. No, it's about being a member of a family. It's a metaphor the Bible uses. And today we're going to look at, and go ahead and go to the next slide. Today we're going to look at another metaphor the Bible uses about what this is right here. This isn't something that we might be one day. This is talking about what we are gathering in this room today. And that's the body of Christ. The body of Christ. In verse 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one, so it is with Christ. 
For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks and slaves and free, and all were made to drink of the same spirit. So we're the body of Christ, okay? Just like a body is brought together, has different members, different parts, but all make up one body, that's what, that's what this is. Um, so, so two things I want to emphasize about being, being a body, two things that this means that we can get out of this passage. Number one is that because we're a body, because we're the body of Christ, every single one of us has a role to play. Every single one of us has a role to play. There are no love handles on the body of Christ. Okay? Every single member in the body of Christ has been put, put here by him for the good of the body, right? Um, you can see that in verse 17. Look at what it says in verse 17. Um, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And then look down again in verse 21. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So, each of us has a critical role in what God's doing here, which means we all need each other and we're all important. Now, um, I grew up playing basketball, and um, I used to be, at least, maybe not now quite as much, but I used to be a fairly decent um, three-point shooter, okay? And um, one of the things I had a coach one time as I was shooting, I was shooting, and I thought I was being pretty accurate and stuff, but what he said is, you know why you're missing so much? I was like, well, Why? He says, because of your feet. Because of your feet. And what he taught me is that, you know, when you shoot a basketball, your hands are the only thing touching the ball. And it's real easy to think about, okay, it's fingertips, it's your wrists, it's your hands, that's what's doing the work. But if you're shooting a basketball, my, my coach taught me, your feet have to be, because my feet were kind of pointing this way, and I was trying to shoot like this. And he taught me, if you put your feet like this, and you, and you come off up onto your toes the right way, then that's going to make everything line up and you can shoot better. So when you shoot a jump shot, your feet have to be in the right place, your knees have to be able to flex and bend so you can jump, and your, your legs have to be able to support your, your, your hips, and your torso, your core has to be strong so you can have good posture, you're not just bending over, and then your eyes have to be able to see the, the, the rim, you have to be able to hear if, I, if there's a defender coming from behind me, like, watch out, man behind you, I've got to be able to hear that so I know not to, not to shoot so I don't get blocked. It's this, this simple action, my hands are the only thing touching the ball, but every single member of my body is working together for me to do that effectively. Okay, and that's the same way it is here, which is why we, we said before, when we come to church, whether we're a pastor, whether we're a staff member, whether you're a brand new member, or whether you've been a member for 10 plus years, the question we ask is not just, what can I get from this church body? Who can bless me today? But what can I give today? Because each and every single one of us has a critical role to play as the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not concerned with making three-pointers. The body of Christ is concerned with making disciples and serving the poor and helping the needy and encouraging the depressed. And in order for us to do that, every single member of the body has to do what God designed you to do. Well, the second thing that we see about being a member of a body, look with me in verse 26. It says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. 
if one member is honored, all rejoice together. What this is saying is that because we're a body, not only do all the members of the body have to work together for it to function properly, the health of each individual member of the body is what affects the health of the whole body. If you have a problem with your foot, if you have a problem with your hand, you don't just have a hand problem or a foot problem. If you're not careful, that becomes a whole body problem. Let me give you an example. When uh, I was playing basketball in college, and I got this, uh, I got a blister on my foot from, you know, rubbing and running too much and my shoes were too old or, or something. And I, I got this blister on my, on my foot and I didn't really clean it and take care of it the way I should have. And so it got infected and it, it was, it was gross to, to look at. I mean, God bless the poor trainers that had to like tape my ankles or something, but I had this, I had this like group of calluses and then under the callus, it was like this blister that then, after it got infected, it like turned black. So there's this kind of big thing. And, and it, it hurt so much because I wasn't taking good care of it. I, I couldn't even like put weight on it. Like I would try to walk and I couldn't even, and then when I would try to shoot, I couldn't push off of it at all. And um, what, what happened is not only was my foot in excruciating pain, I started to get a fever. That's right. And... My foot didn't just have a fever, my whole body had a fever. And my, my head started to hurt, and I started to feel weak, I didn't have energy. And I actually had to miss about a week or so of, of games and of practices because of this thing on my foot. And, and because my foot had a problem, my whole body had a problem. And my whole body couldn't do what God had designed it to do. And in the same way, in the same way, as a church family, as members of the body of Christ, your individual health, because sometimes it can feel like when we talk about encouraging each other to be healthy, sometimes it feels like, okay, you're just judgmental, or you, know, you need to just stay out of other people's business. And, and that's true to a large extent. We need to not be nosy. We need to focus on ourselves instead of focusing on others, take the, the plank out of our own eye before we look at the speck in somebody else's eye. But the reason we do that is because if I'm not healthy, then that's gonna make it so we can't be healthy. And if you're not spiritually healthy, that's gonna affect the health of the entire church because the health of each individual member affects the health of the whole, okay? So we're not just these individual Christians, just me and Jesus and my Bible on my hero's mission you know, to, to, to wherever, we're, we're a body, we're a community, we're a family, and we're working together, we're moving together, we're helping each other, we're serving each other, we're growing together, and we're supporting each other, okay? Now, this is so important, and again, when you think about, why do we spend time talking about this? Why do we want to bring this up? Why do we want to stress this so much? It's because when you start to see yourself, you can go ahead and go to the next slide. When you start to see yourself, and this is very important, when you start to see yourself not just as an individual person who's weak in some ways and strong in other ways and good at some things and bad at some other things and doing well in some ways and not doing so well in other things, when you stop seeing yourself just like an individual 
and realize you're not only an individual, you are a member of the body of Christ. That changes how you see your relationship with God. Do you see how that happens? That changes the way you see your relationship with God. Number one, it changes the way you see, the way we see our struggle with sin. It changes the way we view our our struggle with sin. So in the members covenant that I read last week, there's one of the lines on it is talking about, it's talking about holiness and it's talking about fighting with our sin, which we all do. And it's something like, this isn't, you know, a perfect quote, but it says something like, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will endeavor to avoid all forms of immorality and, and walk in, in holiness. Now, when I say that, how does that, what's your response to that? How does that make you feel? How do you kind of receive that? How do you hear that when I say we're going to avoid all forms of immorality and, and strive to, 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 walk in, to walk in holiness in every aspect of life? It's so easy to hear that if we're not careful. It's so easy, and maybe some of you hear that, and it sounds kind of like the, it sounds kind of like the dress code at a country club. You ever been to one of those places where you have to wear a tie, you have to wear a sports coat, and if you're not, if you're not wearing the proper attire, you're not wanted here. And if you're here and you're not wearing your tie or you know, you're wearing, I don't know what it is, but, but, but you don't have the right stuff on, you don't have your sports coat or you're wearing tennis shoes or, or, or whatever, somebody's going to politely ask you to leave because you're kind of not good enough for us. You're, you're making us look bad here, right? And it's so easy when we talk about sin, when we talk about holiness, when we talk about things like avoiding sins like greed, like gluttony, like hatred, like sexual immorality, like gossip, like deception and dishonesty, like drunkenness. It's so easy when we talk about th- these things for it just to feel like, like that. As if somebody's saying, excuse me, it doesn't seem like you're good enough to be here. You better shape up or ship out, right? And that just gives a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. It just feels like this this crushing burden. That's what Jesus said about the Pharisees. He says, you tie up these heavy burdens on people, but you yourself are not willing to lift a finger to help them raise it. That's the way that can feel. But think about how this is different if you, start, if you don't view yourself like just an individual going to a country club, but instead you view yourself as a member of the body of Christ, meaning that your spiritual health affects the spiritual health not only of you and your family, but of our whole, this whole body. So I used this metaphor a couple weeks ago, but you know, when God tells us, when God tells us to avoid immorality, when God tells us to walk in holiness, it's not because he's mean. It's not because he's trying to control us. It's not because he's trying to take something away from us. It's for the same reason that I tell my kids not to drink bleach. Right? It's not because, well, I don't want people to start thinking of us as the bleach drinking family. <laughs> what are people going to think if 
they hear that I let my, my, my kids drink bleach, that would be embarrassing. It's not because if my daughters were to drink bleach one day, all of a sudden, well, I've never drank bleach before. You must not be good enough to be in this family. I'd like to ask you to leave. No, it's because I love them. It's because I love them. And I want the best for them. I want them to feel good. I want them to experience good life. I want them to be healthy. And remember, if we're not just an individual person, but we're, we're the foot or the elbow or the head or the nose or the eye on the body of Christ, our spiritual health, if I'm poisoning myself, it affects all of you. And if you're poisoning yourself, it affects the people sitting next to you too. And so looking at it this way, sinning, indulging in immorality, which we all, we all struggle with, but when we give into it, when we indulge in it, it's like drinking bleach and passing the cup, right? We're poisoning ourselves and poisoning each other too. Let me give you an example. So Scott was talking um, earlier about um, our, our life group and, and Brittany's in our life group, and I don't know if Brittany would have remembered Scott, probably. <laughs> but Scott and Anna are also in, in, our, in our life group. <laughs> um, and uh, so Scott was talking about how, um, how they were struggling with wanting to get pregnant and, uh, and, and struggling with some infertility for about six months. And, and again, like he said, there's so many people in this room that are going through things right now that just, I mean, are, are so much more, are so, so devastating. Not that that's not devastating, but you just feel, you might even hear that and think, oh, that's nothing compared to what I'm going through. But you, you have something on your heart that you're burdened with. Well, Scott's not only a member of, a fellow member with me in the body of Christ, he's also in my, in my life group, okay? Now, one of the sins that I struggle with sometimes, and just to be really vulnerable, um, I, I can struggle a lot with jealousy, Anybody else relate to struggling with jealousy, comparing yourself to other people, worrying if you're as good as other people, um, wanting to be recognized or things like that? that that's a sin that I can, that I, you know, I, 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 by the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't let it dominate me, but that's something I struggle with. Now, like we said, if I'm in Scott's life group and I'm drinking that poison, I'm not only poisoning myself, I'm poisoning the rest of the body. So for example, um, maybe God has put me in Scott's life or put Lindsay in Scott's life or put, or put Brittany in Scott's life and Anna's life to encourage them. And they're going through this really hard thing and God wants us to love them and to speak truth to them and to come alongside them and to show them how much we love them and that God loves them too. But I don't do it because I'm too busy being jealous. And as we know, that jealousy can rub off on other people too. Our anger can rub off on other people too. Our other forms of immorality can, be, can affect other people's lives too. But it's not just because people see it and they start to sin the way we're sinning. It's because I'm a member of this body. If I'm not healthy, then it's going to be hard for Scott and Anna to be healthy. Because the health of the whole body depends on the health of the individual members to serve and to help each other. Does that make sense? Okay, number two. Well, b before I go into that, wh what do we do when we sin? Maybe you hear that and like, oh no, I'm, I've, I've sinned recently. The rest of our membership covenant in that section says we confess our sin. When, when we sin, not if we sin, but when we sin, we confess it 
and we seek to put our sin to death by the power of the Holy Spirit. No shame, no, I can't believe you did that, but hey, I need help. This is like the foot sending a signal through the synapses to the brain saying, send some more blood this way. You know, I need help, I'm struggling. And that's what we do for each other. That's why we confess, the Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you can be healed. Well, number two, this affects the way we view our spiritual disciplines. Turn with me real quick to Colossians chapter three. It's a couple pages to the right, to Colossians chapter three. This is Colossians three sixteen. Think about the way you typically view things like reading your Bible or praying. There's another statement on our church covenant that says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will endeavor to regularly and personally spend time drawing near to Jesus through Bible reading, prayer, and other spiritual disciplines, okay? Now, that can be such a guilt trip, can't it? That can just be such a, a guilt trip. Oh, I haven't read my Bible this week. And it can feel like, oh, you didn't check the box. You didn't do it. 10 points from Gryffindor, right? But think about how we view our spiritual disciplines when we see ourselves, not just as an individual who's trying to be a really good Christian, but who's somebody who's a member of the body of Christ. Look at what it says in, uh, in Colossians 3, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What is this talking about? It's talking about you don't just kind of once in a while read something. You savor it. You meditate on it. You digest it. You treasure it in your heart. You think about it. You, you soak in it. And you listen to what God is telling you through his word. That's what it means to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. To say, Invite the word of God to just come into your heart and make itself at home. But look at what it says happens next. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then what happens? Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, thanks, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So what is this saying? If the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly, who benefits from that? Well, you do, of course, but so do I. If the word of Christ is dwelling richly in Brittany, she benefits from that, but so does, so does Scott and Anna. When we come to read our Bibles, we're not checking a box. We're not proving that we're a super hardcore Christian. It's, it's like a nutrient. It's like this isn't just something, a box we have to check. This is like nutrients for the body of Christ. And I want to take in as many nutrients as I can. I want to digest them as well as I possibly can so that I can be a healthy member of this body. And in turn, as this, as this word dwells richly inside of me, it overflows onto other people and I can start teaching other people. Not from the stage necessarily, but I can start saying to, to Scott and Anna, you know, guys, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. I can help encourage, um, I can help encourage Brittany when, when she's going through something. And so one thing I'd really encourage you to do, when you go to read your Bible, 
Ask God to show you something that he wants you to share with somebody else. Ask God to show you something that he wants you to share with somebody else. And one of my favorite questions to ask um, you guys and gals as we're spending time together, I love to ask this question. Maybe I've asked this to you before. What's something God's taught you in the word recently? What's something that God's shown you from the Bible recently? And the reason I ask that question, it's not because I'm trying to check and see if you've done your homework. The, the reason I ask that question is because I know that God is going to bless me by causing his word to dwell richly in you. And then when you share with me the things that he is teaching you, that's one of the main ways that he helps to shepherd me. So, for example, just this uh, on Friday, uh, Cameron, Matt Trebbing, and Stefan and I were getting together and we were talking about, hey, what have you been learning in the word? And Cameron Wellborn was saying, man, I was reading the book of Ephesians. I think it was Ephesians. is one of Paul's letters. And he said, it just stuck out to me how Paul said he never ceases to give thanks for the people that he's writing to and always remembers them in his prayers. And Cam was like, man, that just really struck, struck me because sometimes it's really hard to, to pray for myself, let alone to pray for anybody else. But this really encourages me. I want to spend some time praying for, for other people this week. And I thought, man, I don't know. I guess Cameron needed that, but I really needed that too. Because God caused his word to dwell richly in Cameron and it overflowed onto me. So as members of the body of Christ, that's one of the primary ways that we serve each other by coming into God's word, absorbing that nutrition, and then sharing it with other people. The last thing I'll say, and then we're, we're done. The band, you, can, you guys can go ahead and come up. Um, so I, I was, uh, there's this, this metaphor I was thinking about recently that I think really helps us to picture what it is that it means to be the body of Christ. So a few, maybe a couple months ago, Jeff Bowman, a member of our church, I don't know if you guys know him or not, but Jeff Bowman, uh, he asked me to come with him to F3. You guys go to F3? Any F3 people? I know there's some. Um, and he asked me to come to F3. And um, finally, maybe kind of like I had to nag Brittany for a while, he had to nag me about it. And uh, so finally I came. And anyway, the day before I came, I asked him, so what are we going to do? He said, well, we're probably going to run about three and a half miles or so and do some push-ups and, and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, I haven't run in a while, but I'm in pretty good shape. I used to, I mean, I, I, played, I, I played basketball growing up. I exercise. I haven't run in a while, but I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> so... It's like halfway through mile two, and my feet are feeling heavy, and I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm dying, okay? And, and there's all these guys that uh, maybe I would have thought I would have been in better shape than them, but they're like, I, I can barely see them. They're, they're so far out, out in front of me, and I'm just, <sighs> and then a really cool thing happened. One of, I heard one of the guys up there, way out there that I can barely see, they said, they looked back around and they said, 
pick up the six. You guys, F3 guys, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Said, so pick up the six. I think it's a military thing, like, you know, 12 o'clock is here, six o'clock is here. So you look at Turner, like, let's, let's is, is that right? I think that's what it is. It's like, let's go help the guy that's way back behind us who can't keep up. And so, so all these guys, there's like 10 of them, and they turn around. And they all start running back to me. I'm like, I'm barely, I'm barely containing my breakfast at this point. <laughs> and, and they come back to me. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't say, it looks like you're not in good enough shape to be a part of F3. They didn't say, man, come on. Why do you have to come this morning? We'd be able to, man, okay. They didn't do that. They, they came and they were fist bumping me and they said, slapping me on the back, said, come on, Ryan, you can do it. Let's go. And, and they, they ran next to me. These guys that could have been running way up there, they were running next to me. And I finished that workout and I'm 100% sure I would not have been able to finish that workout to make it through that if it was just me by myself. And as I was running along, trying not to throw up, I thought, what a great picture of the body of Christ. <laughs> that this is what we're supposed to do. So almost done with this, but stay with me. A, a couple weeks go by, a few weeks go by, and I'm going once or twice a week, and I'm, I'm getting in better shape. And, you know, I'm not the fastest person, but I'm not throwing up anymore. They're not having to pick up the six quite as far back as, as they used to. Um, and then one morning, Matt Trebbing comes. Okay? And... Uh, and, and I was talking to Matt, and I said, oh, so, so you're coming. And he's like, you know, I haven't run very much recently, but I'm in pretty good shape, and yeah, I used to run, so I think it's going to be okay. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and so we're, we're running, and man, this time, I mean, I'm up at the front. I'm up at the front, and I'm doing good. I'm feeling good about myself. Like, man, look how much progress I've been making, and uh after a couple miles, I hear somebody say, pick up the six. And I turn around, and, and Matt's back there looking like Ryan circa two months ago. <laughs> and he's, I mean, he's struggling just like I was struggling, right? And so all the guys, they turn around, and, and, and they go back, and they do the same thing they did with me, fist bump, you know, slap on the back, hey, let's go, you can do it, and encourage him and, and keep going. But I was upset. You know why I was upset? I, I'm doing good. I, I'm running well. But now I had to turn around and start back here and run that again. And I was in good enough shape to run, to run the course, but I wasn't in good enough shape to run it twice. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying here? The health of the member affects the health of the body. The goal, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, when we talk about avoiding sin, putting our sin to death, it's not just so you can run and be proud of how you're running. It's so you can be so healthy that not only can you live faithfully, but you're in good enough shape to also pick up the six. And one day, by God's grace, um, when Matt Rice comes out and runs with us, Matt Trebbing and I will both be in good enough shape. So um, if we have to go pick up the six, we'll gladly say, hey, come on, man. We used to be here too. Let's go. We can do this together, right? And that's what this is about. 
Is that, do we want to be that? Let's be that type of a church together. Let's pray. God, we love you. Lord, this is your body. You get credit for everything. Thank you for the Holy Spirit inside of us. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that you would minister to them, help them to be healthy because I need them. And God, I pray that you would continue to convict me of my sin. Help me to repent from my sin. Speak to me through your word because I know that you want me to serve them as they're serving me too. God, please let this happen. It can only happen through the power of your spirit. And pray this in Jesus' name, amen.